first of all, I want to tell you and tell this congregation how much I love you and love your pastors. Um, God has something very, very, very special for this church. This church is called and chosen, anointed and appointed for greatness. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you've really just, even though you've been around a long time, there's, there's, you know, most everything that God really uses to build his kingdom, he spends a lot of time in the foundational process. I'm just, I, that's how he works. So the longer it takes you to get where you're going, sometimes that's a good sign because God is really preparing you. So I, um, I asked Pastor Tonsney, this is the first time that we've had my sister and brother-in-law and my husband with us. And uh, Pastor Todd and Cindy are our senior pastors of Celebration of Life. And she's also my sister and brother-in-law. And then my husband, Bob Gray. Don't y'all love my husband? Isn't he nice? He told me to quit saying all those crazy things about him, so I'm going to be obedient today. I'm going to be an obedient wife. Y'all chalk this up. I was obedient. I should get credit for that later. <laughs> like a new dress, something nice. Anyway, so I'm, work, I'm working on the obedience thing. I'm really working on that. But I know, I'm, I'm trying. But when we were praying and, and talking about coming here, uh, you knew, I knew I'd given y'all a lot of prophetic words, and I know a lot about this church. And not that you can't get another one. You can, but there's something beautiful about somebody that's never been here before getting a pr prophetic word that lines up with what's already been said. And so I asked uh, my sister and my brother-in-law and my, my husband to write something from the Lord for each of you. So they each have something planned. So we're going to let them give that today. And then I'm just going to give a short word to the church, a short little message, because I'm, I'm not going to be long-winded, I promise. And uh, a prophetic word to your pastors and to you. But I want to invite them up to sing. We're going to sing one chorus together, maybe one or two. And we're just, uh, and not that, let me just say, the music in this church is fantastic, by the way. Fantastic. And it's, not, it's, you know, one thing, it's one thing to be technically right. It's another thing to be anointed. And so they're not only technically amazing, but they're anointed. So what a blessing. I feel the presence of the Lord when I come here, and it's such a blessing. I will tell you it's really hard for Pastor Kelly when I go somewhere and the music's not right. It's really hard for me. So it's not hard to worship here. God's good Amen. here. So anointed. Seriously, I mean, there's a, and I'm, I'm, I received a prophetic word sitting there, which I'll release in a minute for this house and for your worship team. And, uh, but there is something significant that God is doing in this yes. house and yes. in this region. Yes. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Would you stand and sing it? He's a waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. He's a waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, you are Jesus, waymaker, miracle worker, Never stop working. You never stop. You never stop. 
Come on, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost this morning and worship the way maker. He's the way maker. Even when it doesn't seem like there's a way, there's a way. He's making a way this morning where there seems to be no way. God is making a way. He is making a way for you this morning. He is making a way for you this morning. He will move mountains on your behalf because he is a way maker. Woo! A little backstory on that this song. It was written by a Nigerian woman named Sanach. And uh, just recently it was nominated, this song was nominated for multiple Dove Awards. Okay? Leland was talking to me last night and he said, Mom, this is the first African that has been nominated for a Dove Award in the United States of America. Now, I want, and she began to share her backstory about this song. She's been in the same church with the same pastor for almost 25 years. Faithful to her house. Faithful to the ministry that she's under, right? And that in itself it tells you that God, God's finger is on faithfulness. God's hand is on being committed and under somebody, being submitted to somebody. And she's been faithful to her local house for years. And she told Leland, she said, Leland, this song has, this is the sixth time for this song to literally blow up around the world. In a nation. It blew up in five other nations, nations before it hit America. America. Now, I want you to think about this. Think about that song and when it showed up in our nation during a pandemic. And I looked on Facebook one day and they were playing Leland's version of Waymaker on top of a hospital. And people were praying for our nurses and doctors and and people that had COVID-19. And that song was just being blared across the airwaves. And it literally went viral around this nation because we needed a way maker. And just as it took time for that song to make it here, six years old, your prayers is even greater than that. The Bible says that your prayers live on long after you leave this earth. And they're before the throne of God. And that's one of the things I felt over this house just sitting here today. I'm thinking, God, there's been some serious prayers that have been prayed over this region for generations. And you are here for such a time as this. God has called you and appointed you for such a time as this. He is making a way where there seems to be no way. Your prayers will outlive you. They will forever be before the throne of God. I'm standing here as a testimony of grace because of prayers that were prayed for me long before I was ever in my mother's womb. Amen. So I bless you today. And I I want to encourage you today to stay faithful. To stay faithful. Pastor Callie's going to be preaching a little bit about that. But when it came time to replace, I want you to think about this. It's in the book of Acts. When it came time to replace the disciple Judas, they were looking for another man to take his place. And I just pulled up this scripture because I thought this is... This blessed me when I reread it. Because you were talking about faithfulness last night, Pastor Callie. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. i got to pull this back up. And I took a picture of it. Let me find it. Let me find my camera. My sister and I have to work on technology. We're not real good at that thing. We're working on it. We need a technology assistant. Yeah, we do. Somebody that can just travel with us and do that. Okay, so here it is. Listen to what they said. They said, it's necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time. Notice they weren't looking for a prophet. No. They weren't looking for a miracle worker. Look, been with us the whole time. Can everybody say faithful? Faithful. 
The whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us, for one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. That was the qualification. Everybody say faithful. There from the beginning, witness of his resurrection to the time he was taken up. That was the qualification. And they ended up picking Matthias. Matthias was with them. Everybody say he's just with them. Say he just showed up. He kept showing up. He couldn't run him off. He was just there. He was faithful. Everybody say faithful. God's looking for faithful men and women in this hour to just stick with the stuff. And you've got pastors. I love you, Pastor Davin Mora, who are faithful. Faithful man and woman of the Lord. And you are faithful. You're here today worshiping Jesus. Stick with the stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, stick with the stuff. Say, be faithful. Instant in season and out of season. Amen. One more time. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You're the waymaker, Jesus. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop. Oh, even when I don't see it, you work. So this is what I heard the Lord say to the worship team in this house this morning. I am calling this house to seasons of prayer and worship. Yes. I am calling this house to seasons of prayer and worship. And there will be a grace to do it. It will not be hard, says the Lord. There's a prophetic anointing on this house to break the yoke. And I heard and I felt, I didn't just hear it, but I felt the pleasure of the Lord on this house. And your hearts and your love for Holy Spirit. God is increasing your influence in this city and in this nation he's expanding your influence in this city and in this nation i want the worship team to stand up in the name of jesus father god i thank you for the anointing that's on them and father i thank you lord you're taking them deeper in prayer deeper in prayer deeper in commitment to you father god deeper 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 says the lord i want more I want, I just hear the Lord saying, give me more. Just give me more of your time. Give me more of your devotion and watch and see what I will do, says the Lord. There is a yoke-breaking anointing on this house. On this house. You must answer the call. You One of the things, it. Pastor Cindy, can I say this? Um, Aaron, last night, you know, I, pro- I prophesied about the faithfulness in your heart. You and Megan are faithful. And God's going to send many, many worshipers to you. And because of your ability to pastor them and to uh, love them, this house is going to just explode in that area. But but to- is it Tossie? Tossie. Tossie, uh, when, I, when you hit those keys... There were, I felt a posse of anointing hit me when Tossie hit those kids. It like, it mowed me down. So when Tossie plays, a posse of Holy Ghost shows up. Okay? And um, your family's precious. 
being, uh, God has put you here for a reason. Yes. And there is um, training and there is development and there is many gifts that will come and that you have a very you have an anointing to write music and it's going to explode here uh, i see y'all writing all kinds of music that's just so blessed by the holy spirit and so um tossy you stay planted in the house of the lord and you watch god bless you because there literally is a there's a there's a double portion anointing on your playing okay so Thank you, Jesus. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. Can I lay hands on you? Come down here. Let me just pray for you. And I want to pray for you too, too. Y'all just get right here in the name of Jesus. Would y'all reach out your hands to him? Father God, I thank you for a release, a release of the glory of God and the fire of God, a release of the glory of God and the fire of God. In the name of Jesus, release your fire, release your anointing. You're going to go deeper, 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 deeper in devotion to Jesus. Deeper, deeper, and you're going to begin to hear his sounds, heavenly sounds, heavenly songs. You have the heart of David. You have the heart of David. <laughs> The heart of David. The Lord's so pleased with your heart to worship Him. Never make a name for yourself. You just want to make Jesus famous. So because of that, God is going to use you. He's going to raise you up as an end-time voice and worshiper. God, I thank you for songs from this house that will go to the nations of the world. You're going to write them. You're going to sing them. You're going to prophesy them. The glory of the Lord is going to flow through you. Speak through you. Prophesy through you. Sing through you. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Can I go ahead and just give mine? So this, I gave this last night, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and just give it again today. And for those that are watching online, just join in and receive this word today, but it's for this house. If you do not have a church home and you're close to this one, come and join Heritage Church. Your life will never be the same. So I welcome you. I welcome you to come. Okay, here's the word of the Lord. Pastor Callie had asked me weeks ago, actually all of us, to pray and ask the Lord for a word for this house. And so... Uh, we did. And so this is what the Lord said. The Lord says it's time to make a move. Now you can interpret that however you want to interpret that. All right. It's time to make a move. In the past, there has been sorrow and trouble. But today, I'm making something beautiful from the ashes of the past. You will not be moved by the former days, for they will be nothing but a faint memory, says the Lord. Much joy and restoration is ahead of you. You will gain much fruit in this next season. You will be so full of fruit that it will be overflowing to not just your field, but to many fields. Tissue here. Thank you, baby. Oh, thank you. You will flourish in all areas of life and ministry. I'm raising you and this house, everybody say, and this house, up to be a repairer of the breach. You will be a barrier breaker, and because and cause all who and, and cause all who follow you to break even greater barriers. I see so much joy in your future that you will pinch yourself to say, is this really happening? <laughs> Woo! You will get double for your trouble. 
Your latter will be greater than the former, says the Lord. It's time, says the Lord. It's time. Everybody say, it's time. Do what I have put in your heart to do. There will be provision for the vision. Say that. There will be provision for the vision. Anytime God calls you and asks you to do something, most of the time it's not in your own ability that you will do it. It will sound outrageous. It will seem crazy. But when you take the first step in obedience, God will bring the provision. And this house is called to do just that. Say, we're barrier breakers. Say it again. We're barrier breakers. We're breaking the barrier over the Northwest because we're saying yes to what God says to do. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I'm not in the habit of getting giving prophetic words, but when I ask the Lord to, to give me something, I can hear, and I can, and it usually speaks to me through Scripture. So, much like many of you, if you have something, God still, God speaks, still speaks. He didn't stop speaking when the Bible was closed, right? He still speaks to our hearts, and that's good because we can hear because we're here sheep, and the sheep hear His voice, right? Right. So I just have a couple of scriptures for Pastor Davenport and then just an encouragement for the church. <clears throat> uh, he took me to a couple of verses. He just reminded me of a few verses and just parts of them. And it says uh, in Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, For I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall. That's the repair of the breach. Yeah. And stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. And he found, he found one. Isaiah, Isaiah 6, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Who will go for us? And there was a voice that said, Here am I, you can send me. I believe that. That was Brother Davenport, Pastor Davenport. I think his, his heart is it's not about building his own kingdom. I think he's wanting to do something for the Lord here. And that's that's a big that's what God's looking for, right? And pretend like you've never heard this every time we say it, we're gonna do it again. <laughs> but you might get something new every time, you never know, right? For the congregation, I said, buckle your seatbelts because it's going to be a ride. <laughs> because this is not going to be like any other move that God has done before. So we have to, you know, take, let them out of the box. Let God out of the box. We may have to do things differently. It may be uncomfortable because change always is. But change is good when it brings glory to the Lord, right? So, you know, you have a part to play. You, each one of you has a part to play. Each one of you are important. It's the body of Christ. Everyone has a different function. As my uh, pastor said, Todd, uh, yesterday, each, you may not see your heart, but if it doesn't work, you'll know this body won't be working. So each part of you is a part. It's an important part of the body, whether you're seen or unseen. So this is part of the vision. God's got you involved. You're here today hearing this because it's, you're part of it, right? So buckle in. God's got... God's got great plans. Thanks, Pastor Bob. Well, we do honor y'all today. It's such a presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen? Wow. And, and I feel right at home. This feels like celebration of life to me. And uh, I said this uh, last night, and uh, we, we do honor your church, your wonderful church. We honor your pastor's. We love them. They just we, the first time that we connected with them, we just felt like we're family, and that's the way I feel about every one of you here today. 
such a such a sweet presence of God, such a sweet family in this house. And uh, I just wanted to encourage just the church, the family of God. Amen. Uh, with the word of God as well, I, the Lord impressed this scripture upon me. Many of you, many of us know this Romans chapter twelve, verses four and five. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And the Lord began to just impress upon me to share with you. Uh, Pastor Bob already mentioned it. You know, our heart, it's hidden in our lungs, uh, our liver. And they're, they're hidden. You, they're unseen. But we are one body. Amen? And if that little ticker goes off, I mean, we're in trouble. Amen? And I just wanted to share with, with you guys, uh, you know, what you see up here every, every Sunday morning, Saturday night, the worship that goes on, the preaching, you know, really, that's logistically, that's only about 3% of what, what happens. How many of you know that it's, it's the day-to-day praying, praying for your pastors, serving in the house, serving in the house? You know, I think of, I think of uh, different parts of the body and then the different parts of the body in, of Christ here in Heritage Church. I think about the, your, look at you, your, you can't see them because they're in shoes, but your big toe. And I know you've probably heard this analogy before, but how many of you know if we didn't have our big toe, we wouldn't have any balance? Think about that. If you're serving in this house and, and it's not up here, but it's back there. And it's every day. It's 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 being here faithful, as Pastor Cindy's already mentioned. Let think of your think of your thumbs, men, women. If if we didn't have our thumbs, how could you button a shirt? Try to think about button a shirt without any thumbs. And a lot of times they're hid because their other fingers are maybe covering them covering it up. I want you to know that you are important. You do matter. Amen. In the body of Christ, we could not do what we do without you, wonderful people. And I want to bless this house today because you do have faithful pastors that love you, pray for you, and I know you do the same for them. Amen. I want to bless you today. Father, I just thank you for this wonderful house, the beautiful pastors, God, shepherds that love their flock and pray for their people. And I do. I agree with the words that's been mentioned here already this morning for this house. And you that are watching, you matter to God. Amen. You are important in the kingdom of God. God bless you today. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, I'm going to preach the same thing I did yesterday, except I'm going to preach it a little different. I woke up this morning, and God just said, here's how I want you to do it today. So I'm going to preach that. It's going to be fast, and then I'm going to deliver a word. But here's what I just heard the Lord say. God is making this church a force to be reckoned with. There's nothing wrong with being a community church where people get healed, saved, and delivered, and blessed. That's all part of it. But he's transforming this ministry. There is a transformation taking place, and you're going to become, or you're becoming, you're not going to, you're already becoming a force to be reckoned with. You're going on the offense and you won't live on the defense, but you will literally go on the offense and begin to take ground for the kingdom of God. So there will be a natural taking of land, but but there will also be much more supernatural taking of land because God is going to, is raising your pastors and you up. Everybody say me. You're part of this house. So it's us, okay? They're the head, but you're a part of it. And how you steward that submission for all the leaders, especially that have Aspire Fivefold Ministry, how you steward that submission will really largely depend your future. And I know this because I've walked it, okay? 
So, Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to preach the gospel. I thank you for the opportunity to love your people. I thank you for the opportunity to be a part of such an amazing church and to love two amazing people, Laura and Brian, pastors Laura and Brian, and this team. God, I could not be more thankful and more honored to be here today. I pray, God, as I preach this word that you've given me and that's burning in my heart today, that, that my words, they won't necessarily hear so much my words, but they'll hear your heart. And they'll receive a supernatural seed of strength and determination to do what God has called them to do. And everybody say amen. amen. The name of this message is called, chosen, and appointed. Called, chosen, and appointed. Now, there are scriptures that, that talk about in Revelation about that when Jesus comes back, he's going to have the called, chosen, and faithful. Okay, so faithful is a huge part. And I love that, Cindy, it was so beautiful that you brought out how important it is to be faithful. Uh, when God calls us, he is the calling of us into salvation. It is a supernatural act of God when he calls us. We can't even come unless he calls. So he calls us, okay? And then he gives us an opportunity. He chooses us. Choosing is a two-way street. He chooses us for the things of God, but we must adhere to that pressing and, and being chosen. Being chosen is one thing, but me responding in obedience and submission really separates the men from the boys, the ducks from the geese, the chickens from the eagles. So God wants, he, he chooses us, but my going forward in what God has called me to do in the will, purpose, and plan of God has a whole lot to do with how, how I respond to the choosing. Because being chosen means you're going to have to make change. You're going to have to submit to the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to let Christ be formed in you. You're going to have to lay down and let God do surgery on you regularly. You're going to have to let him form you, take things out that are unholy, put things in that are holy and powerful, and that choosing is a partnership with you and the Holy Spirit. Okay? And then from choosing, and in the choosing part, you're anointed, and your anointing increase is based on your obedience. Write that one down. Your anointing increases based on your obedience. Based on your obedience. Uh, the Lord said to David, he said, you're a man after my own heart. Now, we know that he was a worshiper, and he was a worker. He got called when he was worshiping and working. God doesn't need servants that won't worship and won't work. So he got called when he was worshiping and working. But he was a man after God's own heart because I believe he was obedient. And Pastor Cindy preached a message about the fear of the Lord. And your obedience is a litmus test to the fear of the Lord that's operating in your life. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So we're going to talk about David today. And we're, going to, we're just going to pick up some excerpts in his called, chosen, and appointed seasons. Called, chosen, and appointed. Samuel 16, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel. That's, that's scary. I've rejected him as king over Israel. And while he was, why he got rejected was he lost his fear of the Lord. He messed with things he had no right to touch. I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil. Be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Now, back in those days, when the prophet came to town, that, that was not celebrated. They didn't, they didn't line up to come to that meeting. When the prophet came to down, town, somebody's dying. Judgment's coming. 
God's getting ready to wreck shop. And everybody starts having to grab their depends because they're about to go in their pants. They're scared. No, it, it's not good. Hey, online, please forgive me. I'm not Pastor Dav today, and so I'm a little crazy. But I love you, and I'm glad you're here. If you're looking for a great church, come after I leave. He's great, I promise. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. My husband, let me stop and tell this funny story. My husband's doing prayer for me this morning online and letting me rest. And so I, I wake up at 530, and he's scurrying around getting things ready. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to lay here and pray with him. While he's over there, I'm going to pray and intercede and just be the good little supportive, faithful wife that I am. And he gets, he gets on there, and his voice does something to me. It puts me in a very restful state. And he says, I start lightly snoring, and he's preaching. And he's, he's, he's thinking, okay, they can't hear her, you know. He's, and then he says, it gets louder and louder. <laughs> to the point he's like, and God said. And I'm like, he won't be. And I felt, I'm like, what happened to my husband? He turned into a Pentecostal. He, he, was, he was trying to drown me out this morning. So if you listened to the prayer call this morning and you heard some humming noise, that was me snoring. That's funny. Okay, so God sends the prophet to Jesse's house. He says, I don't want you to mourn anymore over Saul. I've rejected Saul. I want you to go to Jesse's house. I've picked one of his sons to be the next king. So we'll pick up in, on 10. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. Seven of his sons. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. These cats ain't going to do it. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? That, that whole thing puzzles me. Because I don't care if I'd have had a son that just hatched out of an egg three seconds before. Every one of my sons would have been there no matter what their age was. I mean... The prophet's coming to town. He's picking one of my boys. How am I going to choose who's going to be at the table and who's not? I, I, that, that whole thing puzzles me. I really wish I understood the backstory there, but I don't. And he said, uh, he said do you have any more sons? I mean, are, are these all the sons you have? He said, there is still the youngest, Jesse, answered. He is tending the sheep. I want you to write down, he is tending the sheep. God always is going to find somebody worshiping and working. <laughs> and he especially loves men and women that care about God's people. God's going to find a man that loves God's people. Samuel said, sin for him. We will not even sit down till he arrives. I believe Samuel knew at that point, this is, the, this is the boy. He knew God said it was in the house, and it wasn't the first seven cats they paraded before him. So he knew. He wouldn't even sit down to, until the boy got there. So he sent for him and had the, him brought in. He Listen to this. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. The anointing fell once he was chosen. Samuel then went to Ramah. They estimate that David was somewhere between 10 and 12 years old when this happened. And I want to think it was probably somewhere toward the age where a young man would do a bar mitzvah. I mean, I don't know that. They don't know the exact. I looked at several different comments. They don't know exactly. But he was somewhere between 10 and 12 when he was anointed. And 
and he began to grow. Okay, so it's one thing when God calls you. He called him in. The prophet called him in. Then he chose him. And when God chooses you, the anointing begins to operate in your life. Now, that, that chosen place grows based on my obedience and that anointing increases based on my obedience. Simple. It's how it works for all of us. We're called and we stay with God, then we're chosen. The anointing falls once we're chosen. And then the, the anointing grows as we work with the Holy Spirit. So he goes back to tending the sheep. Many times we get prophetic words and we, God begins to speak to us about our future. And we want to step into that the next day. It's not how it works. You, and usually if it does work that like that, those people are headed for a fall. They're not ready. It just doesn't work well. God needs to mature us, grow us. We have to have some battles. We need to go to war a little bit. We know, need to know what it's like to suffer a little bit of defeat and watch God bring us back up. There's things that have to be uh, matured in us for us to do the work and the will and the purpose and the plan of God. Okay, so he goes back to tending sheep. The glory has fallen, the anointing's fallen, and now he's back doing the humdrum again. He's anywhere from 15 to 17 years old. And his daddy says, hey, I want you to go up to the battlefield. Your brothers are there. This, this dude, by the, there's, some, there's something going on. They're in trouble. There's some big giant that's freaking them out. And you need to take them some cheese and some milk and some things that they need. And so he heads off to go take care of his brother. His brothers were in Saul's army. He gets there, and he realizes that this Goliath dude has everybody shaking in their boots. And nobody's willing to go and fight him. And he, he starts talking to the men in the army, and they're like, we can't beat this guy. I mean, he's going to squish us. We'll be nothing but an oil spot on the ground. And they're afraid. Their fear is all over the camp. Fears all over the camp. And he begins to say, well, what's the uh, prize? for?" Because I believe immediately in him, on the backside of his daddy's field, he's been fighting all along while nobody's been watching. He's been dealing with a bear and a lion. He's been dealing with personal problems. He's been allowing God to separate the wheat and the chaff. He's been allowing God to press him and press him. And there is a warrior that's standing by them. They don't, they don't recognize the warrior. But he begins to ask the guys, what's the prize for killing old Big Daddy Longlegs here? He says, oh, there's prizes. You're not going to pay taxes. I think, you, you know, there's all kinds of things you can get. I mean, they start telling him all the gifts he's going to get. He's like, okay, sign me up. I'm in. They're like, and his brother's like, shut up, dude. You are such a prideful little punk. For whatever reason, the brothers, I don't know if they were jealous when, when, when Samuel showed up and anointed him. I don't know if there was tension from that point on. But for whatever reason, brothers were not too impressed at the fact that this kid brother of theirs has showed up. And not only is he not scared, but he's itching to get out there and bring Big Daddy Longlegs down. And so he starts talking up so much. He says, he, he looks at his brothers and he says, why would you accuse me of this? I, I care about God. I care about our people. Why are we afraid of this uncircumcised Philistine? See, a warrior is born in the chosen part. In the pressing part. That's where a warrior becomes a warrior. And so they bring him up in front of Saul, and they're like, look, none of your warriors want to go do it. None of your, none of your trained cats want this. They're all afraid. I mean, all your, all your big, tough guys with the, you know, the, the, the ready-to-slay people, the, the Green Beret of this team, they've all backed out. They're like chickening out. But this little kid here, this little 15- to 17-year-old kid, uh, he wants to go fight him. 
Well, bring him here. Let me look at him. He's like, dude, you're just a kid. This is a trained warrior. He said, but you don't understand, King Saul. Uh, I was tending to my dad's sheep, and, and, and a lion came, and I grabbed him by the throat and broke his neck. And, and, and King Saul, I, I was tending to my dad's sheep, and a bear came, and I took my bare hands, and I tore him to pieces. Because you don't understand, I may not look like much. I may look just like a kid that's been in the backfield doing the menial jobs, but I ain't afraid of nothing. There's more to me than what you can see. And my brothers may discount me, and the people that I love may discount me, and my dad didn't even call me to the table when the prophet came, but God chose me, and he anointed me that day, and things have been different ever since, and I've stayed faithful to what God called me to do, and I'm not afraid, and I want to go. And so the king said, well, let me put some armor on you. So he tries to put, you know, always beware when someone wants to put something they have on you. God's anointed you to do what God's anointed you to do. He's got what you need to do it. You don't need anybody else's armor for what you're called to do. And my God, we don't need fakes in the church. We need authentic people that are who they are, the way they are, the way God created them to be. So he said, no. He said, thank you for offering. But this isn't going to work. He said, let me just use what I've proven. Let me, let me use what makes sense in my hand. And you know the end of the story. He goes out there and he prophesies. He prophesies to Goliath. He said it before he swung it. I want to say something to you. You've got to start prophesying to the enemy what you're about to swing at him. You've got to quit listening to him, and you've got to start setting him straight. And I don't care if he's standing there laughing at you. The anointing of God is going to get into your spirit, and the enemy, your enemies are, are about to fall. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel who have defied come against you in the I'm sorry I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head notice that God always wants us to go after the head of our enemy this very day I will give you the carcasses of the Philistine army. I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or spear, spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. So he prophesied to him. He swung that slingshot. That stone hit him in the head and knocked him out. And then he ran up there and cut his head off. And everybody, all the Philistines freaked out and turned around and ran. 17 years old is his first battle. And he kills what every trained warrior is afraid to even go and look at the giant, much less fight him. Okay, so I want you to take note that there was anywhere from five to seven years from the time he was anointed, the time he was cho called and chosen, and, and this actual first, what I would call a national battle for everyone to see. Then we find in 1 Samuel 22, 
And you know the story. David begins to, uh, he goes into Saul and he um, plays the harp and he sings. And Saul's, Saul's uh, tormented by demons. God has rejected him, so he's, he's tormented. And so David starts working to help him. And then he starts fighting battles. And at some point, Saul says, no more singing. You're just going to fight battles. And he somehow Saul found out he was anointed. He knew. He saw him win, but he also found out about the anointing. He knew. And even though David was doing nothing but good in the kingdom, Saul was extremely jealous and wanted him dead. He didn't want him alive. He wanted him dead. And so we, David finds himself... Uh, while trying, not trying, doing it, defeating the enemies of God, he's also running from, from somebody that should love him. Running from somebody that should love him. And in um, 1 Samuel 22, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his fathers heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. He had an anointing. He loved the underdog. And while he's running for his life, he's gathering a bunch of ragtag people that are all messed up. But that anointing that he had and that love that he had for God and that pressing he began to influence these men, and they become, became his mighty men. So, you know, even in the caves of your life, God's not only developing you, but he's developing the people that are going to stand by you and help you build the kingdom. Don't despise the caves. The caves are where we're made. But there came a time, but the prophet Gad said to David, Don't stay in the, in the stronghold. Go into the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Hereth. From the time the man was anointed, called and chosen, anointed, till the time he was appointed, he wasn't appointed till the age of 30 or so. So anywhere from 12 years old, to 30 years old, in the chosen, pressing part. We want things overnight. God has long, he's, it's a marathon, to, a marathon to God, not a sprint. So by the time he was anointed, he's 30 years old. In the course of time, and I want you to write down in the course of time. I believe the church has entered into a place where we're in kairos moments and God wants us to live in kairos moments. He wants us to live by the power of the Holy Ghost, knowing that he's doing something every day. But there are some things that there has to be a gestational period. There, there are prayers that are prayed. There are ministries that are developed. There is anointings and there's calls of God that, that many times there has to be chronos time. There has to be a gestational period for that for that anointing for that child, for that spiritual child to be born, and you got to wait full term, and if you have it too early, you're going to abort the mission. But then there's Kairos time. In other words, there's a time when, that, when, when a mother carries that baby nine months, then now we've left Kronos time, we've got Kairos time, and there is getting ready to be a magnetic pull on that baby, and that baby's coming out whether she likes it or not because it's time. It's Kairos time. It's time for the baby to be born. Now David's 30 years old, and in the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go to one of the towns of Judah? This is after Saul is dead. He asked. The Lord said, Now notice he goes to God all the time. I want you to notice that. He goes to God. God is his source. The Lord said, Go up. David asked, Where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives, Abinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David also took the men who were with him, each one with his family, and they settled in Hebron and its towns. 
Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over Israel, king over the tribe of Judah. Okay, he was actually appointed when he was 30 years old or around that age. He was appointed. So he was called. He was chosen. In the choosing, there was an anointing that fell on him. His obedience to the process increased his anointing. And now they show up with another horn of oil because it's time to appoint him. This church has entered into an appointing season where God has called you, he has chosen you, he has anointed you, but now the time is to be appointed. There is an apostolic call on this on this church and you will begin to feel the effects like a mother in transition because God is going to birth we are at the we're at listen we're at the end of the age Jesus is about to come and it is time and the time is right for this church to become an apostolic um, center and there will be many many churches in this region that are heritage there will be many, there I see many, many, many locations. I also see many pastors coming out of this church. I also see your pastors uh, leading uh, in their denomination and there being a revival that's birthed. What's, what God is going to do here, he's going to do in your region, in the Assemblies of God in the Northwest. God is going to give you more and more and more favor with that organization. In fact, at some point, I think you'll be the superintendent here and then maybe even general at some point because of revival, because of revival. Everything is in Jesus. Everything will be in Jesus. You'll be a man that knows how to navigate politics, but you will always lead them back to Jesus. You will, you will fix the paradigm. You're, you, you're, you're really, really sharp, and you'll know how to not navigate politics because there's always politics. Jesus had to navigate politics. There's always politics, but you will be a man of God, and God will give you great favor. God will give this church great favor, and the men of God and women of God that are called out of this ministry to birth churches as well and campuses, it's going to be astounding. It's going to be beyond anything you can imagine. And everything that the enemy has stolen, everything that he's stolen, in both of your bloodlines is a generational blessing of revival. In both bloodlines, in both bloodlines. When you came together, it became a synergistic effect. The, the Holy Spirit picked him for you and you for him. It was, it was, a, it was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. It has not been easy. If you face things, I'm not talking about your relationship. That's been great. That's been great. But life hasn't been easy. You've been through so much. But because of that, everything the enemy stole, you need to go home and write down what you feel like he stole from you. Because in every area that he stole, a hundred times is coming back in that area. I want this church to go home and write, what you feel like the enemy stole from you. Now, sometimes the enemy stole something and we did nothing to deserve it. We just live in a fallen world and something got stolen. And then sometimes the enemy stole because we cooperated with him. But here's the good news. It don't matter how it happened. God loves us. When your kids say you're, they're sorry, you forgive them. And you love them. And you help them. So if you cooperated with the devil, just tell the Lord, I'm sorry. I repent, and I'm asking you to redeem what the enemy stole from me. I'm telling you, you're in a season where God is going to restore a hundredfold what the enemy stole from you, Bob. So write, him, write it down. What he stole from you and I, Cindy, and Pastor Todd. What he stole from you. I want a hundred times on the the inheritance that we stole. I, I need a hundredfold on that, and I need it like really quick. Monday would be great. Amen and amen. Yes. Write it down and begin to prophesy to the Goliath yeah. 
that stole it and say, you're coming down and you're coming down. Now, I'm in a season of recovery and I'm just like David. I'm going and I'm getting everything that you took at Ziglag. Watch me. I will pursue and I will recover all because Jesus said I could have it. Jesus said I could have it. That was free. Okay, I don't want to miss any of these points because I want you to hear it because you're part of this. To Brian, my son, and Laura, my daughter, you answered the call as very young teenagers. You accepted the price and the pain to be my chosen one. There's pain associated with being chosen because we have to allow Holy Spirit to press us. You know the pain of rejection, but you, cho- you made a choice to love anyway. I want us to take some time right now, and I want us to, all of us, because there's not one person in this room that hasn't been rejected or hurt by somebody. And I want us you to just close your eyes and ask Holy Spirit to help you. I want you to picture them in your mind, and I want you to release forgiveness. Because with forgiveness comes open heaven and blessing. And I don't want nothing stealing my blessing. So just just release it. Just, Just release it. Just forgive. Sometimes you have to forgive more than once. Just release it. You grappled with sickness and infirmity and you still... Know and believe I heal. Hebrews 11 is filled with your brothers and sisters. You placed your faith in me ahead of your intellect and reasoning. You are called. You are, cho- you are chosen. You are found faithful. And you're appointed, says the Lord. It is time for your inheritance, says the Lord. Every bit of it. You were appointed from the foundations of the earth. I hear plow, plant, harvest. Plow, plant, harvest. I will give you what you believe for. So it's important to believe big. Take the land. Build, 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 says the Lord. Build the kingdom. Build champions for Jesus. You are champions building champions. The Lord said, you're a champion. He's the one that gave you that name. And even when you heard it as a young boy, it resonated in your heart because you knew you were. Churches all over Vancouver and Portland will be your portion. And even the nation will be affected by your obedience to the Lord. The Northwest region will become an inferno of revival through your leadership, and most of all, your obedience to God. Now, that is the word of the Lord to your pastors and to you. And here's the beautiful part. Every one of those mighty men of David became extremely blessed, extremely wealthy, and extremely powerful in the Lord. There's something about submission to the mission. And submission to the mission will usually always include submission to a man. I love you. God bless you. And uh, thank you for the opportunity. Praise the Lord. Will you stand with me as we close? Let me just pray uh, over you. And I I would like you, again, just to remind you, uh, if you have not yet, had opportunity or taken the opportunity to bless the ministry that Heritage has received this morning and over this whole weekend. And um, I, I get a little too emotional when I get, when I get to sit under, under Pastor Callie's uh, ministry. And so I, I'm not, I don't have a lot of words right now except for I pray that if, if you need to go back and even just listen to this because she just blessed our house. And uh, so listen to it again. Do what she says. Don't just, don't forget. Do what she says. Go home and write that down. That's so good. 
We love you all so very much. Lord, we thank you for this word. We treasure it. It's on us to be good stewards of the word. So we just pull heaven onto this. We contend until we see. And we thank you, Father, that we get to partner and, 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 and intercede for all of these all of these things that you have spoken over us as a house and over individuals. And we, we come into agreement. We say yes and amen. And we surrender to that. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your love for each of us today. I ask for your blessing, your blessing, your blessing over your people. And we thank you, Jesus, and your blessing over, over our family here. We just thank you. Bless Celebration of Life Church in the name of Jesus. I thank you for increase, increase over every single part of that. Increase in, in, in families that are coming. I just see an influx of young families coming, being uh, affected. I see kids everywhere, young, young couples that are going to sit under right here. And woo, I'm going to be jealous I'm not sitting there every Sunday, but they're going to be sitting under this and sitting under under uh, 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 Jessica and Juan and uh, all of it, uh, Mandy and Pay. I see it all. There's just, there is, woo, just a minute. I'm so sorry. I know we already are over time. Y'all just give me one second. I see... I see this this really uh, you, you have young couples already in your church right now and they are getting ready to be released to minister in this in, in, in to other young couples they're all coming because you, you got generations there's a, you're a generational church so that's happening but I just see a picture of just like all sorts of young happy families and they're big so I just bless celebration of life today in their ministry I bless every single leadership of their church. I thank you for unity, I thank you for growth, and I thank you for provision. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, listen, we love you all. Head to the cafe for a cup of coffee as you go and let the second service folks come in. We're so excited that you came today. Bless you.